Bet365 sponsors our podcast and features over 300,000 sporting events on their betting app. It's got everything you'll ever need to bet on sport. Did you know you can create personalised bets with Bet365? So if you fancy Leicester to beat Chelsea and Iheanacho to score for the third game in a row, Bet365 Bet Builder lets you calculate the odds for any game. It's right there in your hands. Bet365 is the world's favourite online sport betting company. The app can be downloaded from Google Play and Apple App Store. Over 18s only. Please gamble responsibly. I'm sorry, you can sit there and look and play with all your silly machines as much as you like. Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I say! Brilliant! Gee! He's round the goalkeeper! He's done it! Absolutely incredible! He launched himself six feet into the crowd and Kung Fu kicked a supporter who was without a shadow of an out giving him lip. Without the fans, they say, football would be nothing. But is that entirely true? Wouldn't we just all be down the park with nobody watching, playing the greatest games of Sunday League imaginable? It's time to take a deep journey into the grassroots. Brought to your ears by The Athletic, this is Football Clichés. I'm Adam Hurry, and joining me for Amateur Hour, they don't fancy it, it's my two guests. First of all, he's a podcast ever-present already, it's Charlie Eccleshare, the Athletic's Tottenham man. Uh, can you sum up your Sunday league career in a, in a sentence or two? Stalwart. I mean, I'm, I'm approaching 10 years at the same team, right. testimonial. We, the team started 10 years ago, and uh, yeah, this summer, 10 years. Uh, hard-working midfielder, kind of fills in anywhere, uh, runs around a lot. Mm. I put yeah. you down as kind of the sickeningly fit guy who goes down the right wing. Who every Sunday league team has one guy who runs marathons, and you're that guy. Yeah, I basically only have fitness, so kind of need to <laughs> run around loads to compensate for other deficiencies. And it's funny as you get older, I think that does become more and more valuable because mm-hmm. the difference between me and others is probably more stark. So I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of having a second wind of my career, aged uh, yeah in my early 30s. Marginal gains, excellent. And we have Gunnerblog himself, James McNicholas. Hello. Who who is wearing the expression of a man who's contemplating the idea of Olivier Giroud in a Tottenham shirt. <laughs> Trying not to contemplate it. <laughs> what I was actually thinking about is I am uh, long since retired from Sunday League due to uh, fitness problems. Mm-hmm. Not injuries, just fitness problems <laughs> and low uh, level yeah and in my playing Virus. career I because I'm left footed sort of by default I would have been the slightly out of shape left back that you would have been up against Charlie giving me the absolute run around and I would have resorted to just kicking you to be yeah, honest we do have a few psycho left backs who, who do that Maybe. it's strange to have a willing fullback you were you perfectly happy no 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 there's nothing willing about it I can't stress that enough you know <laughs> I see myself as kind of a, you know a number 10 a false three if you will but I was forced into it by the sheer left-footedness that's something that happens you know people just push you back in the corner and I wasn't really good enough to justify playing anywhere else did you take set pieces oh yeah corners from the right hand side <laughs> of course of course in swingers with a wind blowing yeah glorious 
Well, that completes our makeshift lineup for this week. Uh, we're going to start off with a segment which we hope will be a weekly one. Things we noticed about football this week. Uh, first of all, uh, harking back to episode one where we talked about dubbing and the art of dubbing, uh, mm. Gary Lineker dubbed Shrewsbury Town defender Aaron Pierre as the Grenadian Virgil van Dyke. <laughs> I feel like we need to set a threshold here for... Um, <laughs> Which countries and which levels of footballers should be allowed to qualify for this? Um, but it's one to think about. Um, uh, what would you classify yourself as? Me? James? Um, I don't know. Left-footed. The white messy, I guess. <laughs> the white messy. <laughs> high, uh, a high bar has been set there. Charlie? Uh, the, the Jewish George Boyd. <laughs> George Boyd, why? Willing runner. Do we Willing definitively runner? know he's not Jewish? It's true, he may be. In my head, he's kind of the um, the apogee of that sort of runs around loads, doesn't have a lot mm. else. Um, and I don't think he's Jewish. Nice Maybe hair as well. And I did used to have long hair, so it would have worked there even we better go. then. Perfect allegory. I would simply call myself the slightly less Danny Mills, Danny Mills. <laughs> um, and only slightly less. Yeah, yeah, just equally, almost as angry. Curious story this week that firms have been urged to clamp down on office football chat. Now, is office football chat, uh, and we're not talking the athletic office here, we're talking a generic office, is that the worst football chat imaginable? I think so. I mean, especially because I'm sort of connected to football, even for me in any sort of social situation, mm. it's sort of a last resort. Do you know what I mean? It's like, do you follow football? It's, just, <laughs> it's, it's a way in when I'm locked out. Uh, yeah, it's never it's never great. I mean, do you use it, Charlie? It's funny now with like working in the, the industry, and you'll have people who I, I think it's like sports journalism is an industry that people the divergence between how many people think they have a really good idea of what you do with the reality is massive, and so you'll have mm. people be like, "Oh, you're you're in sport. You must have been at the Grand National yesterday." <laughs> As if like sports journalists just all do absolutely everything. But I remember being in an office, like must have been when I was like on my gap year or something, and and there was a guy who was just your classic, like, yeah, you watched the game last night, and I was like, yeah, yeah. It's like the, the questions are always really open ended. Like yeah. you always get a lot of oh, Frank Lampard. What do you think of him then? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, where do you start with that? Oh, well, I think his tactical strategy. Uh, yeah. How long have you got? But and, and he'd always be like, yeah, I didn't sit myself. Her, her, caught a bit on the radio, and <laughs> in my head, I was just like. How do you call yourself a fan? You know, you can't just catch a bit on the radio. I, you know, I was like watching the full build up in the mm. whole game. The great thing is because I, you know, talk about Arsenal and people know I'm an Arsenal fan. For years, it was just Arsene Wenger. People were like, what do you think about Wenger? And you just, as long as you sort of said something like, oh, he's a nice guy, but you know, then they were happy with that. That was enough. It's funny as well. I think like, you know, most journalists, if, if you were meeting like an economics correspondent or something, you'd totally defer to his knowledge. But I imagine, James, you like most Arsenal fans meet you and it's like you, you cover Arsenal for a living, but they still think they know more than you. Yeah. And, and gonna, in like, some cases they do. And they probably do. But it's like, well, let me tell you. It's like, oh, you cover Arsenal. All oh, right. Well, let me tell you what I think. The third bit I want to pick up this week is the certain magic of certain cup competitions. Some observers for the FA Cup and Carabao Cup this week have been asking us to try telling them that the Cups don't matter. Your Oxfords, your West Broms, your Shrewsbury's and your Aston Villas, whose fans were invading the pitch last night. And I, I heard some saying, oh, you try telling those that the League Cup doesn't matter. Um, why? What is this urge to tell fans uh, that the, the Cups don't matter? Is why do we have to debate this? Yeah, I, I've, I've long thought this, and I thought Lineker's tweet was actually quite good on it. It's like, 
comp competitions can be really really great without being like the absolutely most amazing thing ever like you know it's perfectly fine just to have a really good competition and i would say like the fa cup is that i think you're wrong it has to be magic or not magic. Oh, not magic at all right it has to be a definitive judgment and the fa cup <laughs> is magic and the league cup is not magic try telling it aston villa fans that last <laughs> night mate. Try, go, go and try telling them go and try i, I have i'd have evidence. to gather them all again <laughs> yeah. on the pitch and make an announcement over a megaphone this Guys, is not magic what you're witnessing is of this realm okay <laughs> there is nothing transcendental about this experience it's not magic it's just normal life normal football the you, league cup doesn't count you try telling them well grassroots football and we're better to start we're going to go chronologically with this we're going to start with the with playground football and and the kind of quirks of playground football we, we put this out to our listeners and we asked them to suggest objects that they used as makeshift footballs in the playground because there seemed to be this kind of draconian set of rules that you just weren't allowed to use an actual football in the playground for various health and safety reasons. Uh, Matty Allison suggests a crisp packet folded into a triangle, and this is very new on me. Yuandi Lee says a crushed up Coke can, and then it all gets a bit bleak. On good days, someone would have brought in a tennis ball. What did you use? I'm just fascinated by the triangle. He's got his crisp packet. He's got so much he can do with it. He could scrunch it and create a ball-like shape. Well, I think it's... As it turns out, makeshift footballs are not about the spherical... Right. Sphericality um, of the object. It's about its structural integrity. Sure. Um, so when you when you fold a crisp packet into a triangle, you you have got yourself a structurally integral object. It's staying folded. Yeah. It, yeah. When it when it when when you fold it, <laughs> yeah. it stays folded. So I think that's the most important thing. It, can it survive being passed along tarmac for? half an hour to 45 minutes that's sure. the that's the threshold you were looking at I, I have a lot of memories of attempting to play football with tennis balls definitely mm. and sort of sub games that were derivatives of football based around tennis balls okay. that mainly involved sort of kicking it against walls but we actually were allowed footballs in our school playground I, I better acknowledge my privilege in that respect <laughs> uh, but I remember my brother who's slightly younger than me on the first day of school he f- he arrived and he remembered to bring a football because it was the first day of term like nobody else in the whole school like 300 kids whatever it was had a football so he ended up sort of orchestrating and refereeing literally a hundred aside game <laughs> in his first lunchtime he was so overwhelmed by the experience he came to find me at, at the end of break and said and was crying and saying it all got out of hand so he's now a world-class referee he is actually yeah <laughs> <laughs> well this is, this is part of the, the rules of playground football there seems to be no limit on the number of people who can join in there, there, mm. there's, there's a lot of vague kind of approach to sort of team numbers and also sort of where, where does the where is a crossbar in sort of playground we, football where yeah. does that sit well we had I remember we played and there was sort of an arch uh, and that acted as the goal and it was actually quite well sized did you go to school in Roman <laughs> it did sort of look like that but we at my at my <laughs> Primary school, <laughs> yeah, that's what we called it. But we, they, they went through such a journey with us. They banned balls. Then there was like a every other day. Then they introduced you could only play with like soft, squidgy balls. Oh, like uh, the sponge ball. Yeah, and then we had these really bouncy ones. And then on the non, yeah, it was football and non-football days. And then we, yeah, we'd often play with the tennis ball. I remember at home playing with like the, those. Per- I don't think it even so happened, but like these big personal things that would hold washing powder in. Aerial, aerial, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that what they're called? Anyway, now they did popularized really, by Alan Partridge. <laughs> they didn't really bounce; they just would sort of die. But we good I, on the volley, though. I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, exactly. You could really connect with them, and I'm sure my mum and dad would have like just got us a ball. But we really enjoyed playing with them. You're playing with it. Em- you're not filling it with. No no no, 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 no. They're very <laughs> that, much empty. Well, that takes us into the more surreal um, user contributions here. Uh, Tom Guerriero Davis, which is a great name, Tom. Thank you for that. He used the removed head of his younger sister's plastic doll 
In hindsight, Ooh. bit mean and slightly sinister, he says. This is the weirdest one of all, and this is going to take some, some breaking down. Ben Winter says, ball games were banned at my primary school, so we played pretend football. Weirdly, the guy who invented it won every week. What, what the yeah, hell we, is pretend we football? did that a little bit as well. I think in that non football like day period, uh, I think of it like shadow play, sort of. Um, yeah, I feel like sounds if a bit Pep touch rugby was doing it on the training ground. People say this is genius. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we we were doing that Fitzjohn's primary school, and whenever it was, uh, yeah. Was so, so if you take a shot in imaginary football, who decides if I it's think gone whoever in? shouts loudest? Right, because okay. you, you just sort of wheel away before the keeper had the chance to pretend. It must be just an hour of bicycle kicks because no one's going to scuff in an imaginary <laughs> goal. <laughs> yeah. Now, park football, the, the, the inherent issue with park football where there aren't any goals yeah. is what do you use for goalposts? And, you know, years of testing led me to think that upturned mountain bikes were the way to go. Sure. I mean, the cliche is, Jumpers for goalposts, but jumpers are rubbish. Yeah, they are correct. too wide, have no height, and they are essentially movable as the game goes on. What, so an upturned bike, can we good. all agree? Can you get a rebound off an upturned bike? You can. quite. If you hit it plumb against the tyre, you're getting good good rebounding. Yeah, this was always my problem with like park football, and it probably says a lot about my personality, but I just it was so unstructured and like... There weren't proper goals, and you'd have too many people on the pitch. And this is why I still play eleven aside now. I agree. Jumpers is not actually a good solution, is it? Yeah. Because a those jumpers, you know, you don't want them on the mud. Mm. I'm thinking from a sartorial perspective. <laughs> Second of all, you don't get a rebound of them. You can't go inside in, in off the post. If you've got access to a cricket stump, surely that is the solution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that is. Um, I, I do remember that. Used. It is quite yeah middle class. I mean, yeah. I you know I had access to. I, I admit. I had access to cricket stuff, <laughs> and I had a football in the playground. I've had a charm. Yeah. My, my issue, I think, your my, silver spoon. Yeah, I know. <laughs> my fundamental issue with jumpers is: is any errant sleeves lead to kind of VAR levels of discussion? Well, I was going to say maybe that was the it was like created such drama. Yeah. Hitting a sleeve is posting in, I guess. That, that you get that a lot with the crossbar as well, don't mm. you? Like, you know, is is that in? Oh or yeah, is it high? yeah. Almost impossible to say. I, I'm obliged to ask at this point: the park football where one person was in goal and the rest of you were competing amongst yourselves, what did you call that? Wembley doubles. Well, oh, Wembley oh, sorry, singles. Oh, Wembley singles, if it's well, just yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, yeah. When, why, why Wembley. Wembley, okay. Very Same. aspirational. Wembley singles as well. Oh, in my neck of the woods, we called it World Cup singles and doubles. Really? Yeah. Oh. We were a lot more parochial. But ours just had more magic, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so magic. But like Wembley singles as well. Was, I mean... Wembley doubles was a lot funner. Wembley singles is is a crazy game, really, because you we- just go. It just rewards goal hanging. Professional Wembley doubles, I would watch hundred percent. Who'd be the best pair? Uh, I guess Messi. You Ronaldo. want someone with understanding, don't you? You want you know Ryan Fraser and Callum Wilson, <laughs> right? Or, yeah. uh, <laughs> it's, 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 it's like big man, small man, Quinn and yeah. Phillips, or or a winger and a fullback overlapping. Yeah, who, who, who is of- it in the Premier League? There's someone who's got like an amazing relationship this season. Oh, it's. Um, Traore and uh, Jimenez. Oh, Jimenez. Yeah, yeah. They, they've he's created eight goals for him or something like that. They they would win Trent. the Premier League Wembley. Trent and anybody. Yeah. yeah, it is kind of weird that that format is limited just to kind of lawless games of park football because it is it's a fundamentally brilliant form of football. I think I can't think of a tenser moment in my life, and and I've witnessed my wife giving birth than being down to the last two in World Cup singles because you knew that you would be up against someone who was who either couldn't be bothered. To, to score of because course. they were already too good or they were just quick and powerful because they knew they could handle one-on-ones. 
and it's it's just an awful moment knowing that you you might be the the last person out of the first round of World Cup stroke Wembley singles. We're going to move on to a, a, a more structured, less lawless form of football, which is five aside. Power League seems to kind of taken on the mantle from from Sunday League. But given the admin involved in Sunday League, the terrible pitches, and the fact that you need twenty two grown ups to play it. And the only, I think the only place to start with five aside is 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 the esoteric team names that we come across because I believe that I, that might be the truest depths of football banter. Again, listener contributions. Greg Stevenson says, on our team, as guys who all used to work for the famous catalogue retailer, our team is called Olympiagos. <laughs> I, th- I think that's good, personally. And, and it gets rid of the CK dilemma, yeah. which, which True. is always good. There's a running theme. Well, there's two running themes, uh, it seems, in five-side football names. One is kind of semi-obscure European teams that have no connection to you, and you've just used them for wordplay purposes. Yeah. So Parmesan Belgrade, which I thought I invented, and then I went and Googled it, and it turns out there are at least 20. I quite like, against my better judgment, Czechoslovakia and Colonel Gaddafi. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, t- Colonel Katafe, I suppose that should be. Oh, sorry, yeah, right. I, I was just I, straight I, up. Just, I, just I, after I was just like, oh, the Colonel's entered a team. <laughs> <laughs> General Pinochet. Yeah, yeah, yeah of really course. Uh, I quite like this from Sam McAfee. I played in a five-a-side team at uni called Garth Crooks Team of the Week. That's yeah, that is good. lovely. And just, did they play all everyone up front? Because if, if it's everyone really homage, yeah, just like... Five strikers. It's the it. same naming rules, I think, that apply in fantasy football, isn't mm, it? Very, and very quiz teams as well. Just yeah. slight smugness mm. uh, and a kind of inherent assumption that some people might not get it. I think that's it's that. exclusive. Well, that's why it, you yeah. do the uh, the obscure foreign ones. We've in our it's on the magic theme. We've got surreal Madrid, which I, I imagine has been used a lot. Yeah, uh, and it's quite. They've got like three or four teams, so it's like surreal Madrid D, and it's like, like wow. slightly, slightly takes the edge off. Yeah, God, I play for surreal Madrid D. <laughs> yeah. Andy Scott Davis really delves into the admin of of Power League. Um, for a season, our team name was Want Division Four because the Power League person took the comment with, that we wanted Division Four and put it in as our team name and never changed it. <laughs> <laughs> then we, <laughs> so in Division Five, we just look really keen. What would happen if they got up to Division Three? It doesn't read very well at that level, does it? No, not at all. Um, um, at this point, I should declare that I once played for a David Hasselhoff tribute five-a-side team called Tottenham Hoffspurs, and we had a Baywatch-themed kit with the first line of the theme tune written on the front with a reclining lady, <laughs> and <laughs> the second season was a shiny black shirt with the car from Knight Rider on the front. And wow, it because it, it was. I have to ask. Some, <laughs> how how did this come about? Were you the founding member? Were you just a one of signing? one of me, my brother, and, and a few friends of ours, and sort of, and then every week one random person we, that we got off Gumtree. Gumtree for a few years was the transfer market for Sunday League oh, yeah. and Five Side. Yeah, it, it's it's shameful looking back clearly, but this was the mid two thousands. Everything was ironically enjoyed, and David Hasselhoff, well, he was at his peak of ironic enjoyment. Yes, in looking back, it's awful, and but but I'm I'm proud that I didn't go down the route of obscure European team or someone else's mum. It's it's a good point about Gumtree because I mean there are all sorts of personals you can find on that website <laughs> at that time, but uh, the football trading market was quite frenetic, and as a free agent in that period. <laughs> Um, I was sort of constantly advertising my wares and sort of turning up and doing like little trial days here and there till I found a team. But it's really hard, you know, when you get that message back that says, 
like what position do you play? Are mm. you good? Mm. You never really know how to play that or I, how to pitch. I it. think it's one of the weird like that. How good you are at football? Like I don't know about you guys, but like I'll pl- sometimes I'll play and be like, you know what? I'm pretty good at football. And then mm. you'll play against like a properly good team. You're like, I am so bad. Like and it's so mm. like asking someone, yeah, are you good? And that's why it's so hard to recruit people off something like Gumtree because yeah. yeah, it's like, what's your level? And also, you're always suspicious those people who talk them up yeah, themselves yeah. up. It's like. Mm, you can't be good if you're doing yeah, that. Yeah, because someone on the team is usually responsible for bringing that player in, so they become the agent, and it becomes mm. all down on them. I'm, I'm, I'm kind. Of, it turns out to be a, I'm a sort of veteran Sunday League journeyman. I counted sort of 17 clubs in total. Wow. And the motivation for it, a lot, it turns out, is I really love making my debut. You'd <laughs> never play better than your debut with <laughs> sure. strangers. They're, they're so easy to impress. I love the opening day. For, for, for that same sort of read, it's just like yeah. a fresh start. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, you get a goal here and you're off and running. Yeah. I, I think like the Robbie Keane of five aside, <laughs> just turning up. This is my childhood club. Yeah. Exactly. So happy to be here. But there, there, it went downhill um, a couple of years ago. And I think this is my opportunity to make a public apology to Ocean Rangers, who <laughs> I was man of the match on my debut. And then in my third appearance, I went off injured and had to take up linesman duties. And um, I simply couldn't do it. Being a linesman is the hardest job in the world. I had you have to concentrate. It's every, everything became utterly impossible. I forgot which way to point the flag when the ball went out, which seems like the easiest thing to to understand. And then the ball went out for a goal kick, and I didn't didn't spot it. The other team scored. We lost, and I never went back. They never heard from me again because I was so ashamed. So to Ocean Rangers, this is my apology. Well, understandable. I I filled in as a linesman. We'll get onto it, but in Sunday League and. Uh, I would think I was a sub and I had to do it. And I was also struck by how difficult it is. And despite watching football for my entire life, having no concept or understanding of what a linesman actually does, even down to like the way they point. Yeah. I think when I know, see it through a camera on a TV screen, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. But suddenly with the flag in my hands, the power, I couldn't handle it. And you're so emotionally malleable as a linesman. Oh, if, you if you're be. back four or people offside, you're just armed, sort of creeps yeah. upward. Yeah. Into, what am I doing? I remember in a friendly having to, uh, we didn't have a ref, so having to do like five or 10 minutes. Oh my God, it's like you, you're just constantly getting in the way and you're like, I just didn't know where to stand at all. This athletic podcast is brought to you in association with Stitch Fix, an online personal styling service that takes the hard work out of dressing well. To get started, go to stitchfix.co.uk forward slash athletic. Fill in a style quiz and tell us about your personal style, budget, size and shape and your clothing needs and wants. A personal stylist will then send you five items of clothing each hand-picked especially for you from our selection of 100 brands, including established names and up-and-coming designers. Try on everything at home and style with other items in your wardrobe. You can then pay for what you love and send back the rest. For your stylist time, you pay a charge of just £10, which is deducted from the cost of anything you decide to buy. Remember, you try before you buy. Delivery and returns are free both ways, and you don't need a subscription to sign up. Stitch Fix allows you to save time because they do the shopping for you. And you'll enjoy top styling tips from our experts. Get started with Stitch Fix today and support our podcast by going to stitchfix.co.uk forward slash athletic right now. That's S-T-I-T-C-H-F-I-X dot co.uk forward slash athletic. This is delving into the kind of the mental side of Sunday League and uh, some of the language that teams use. Whether they can knock you down in the first two minutes, I think the worst thing you can hear on a Sunday league football pitch is one of the other team suddenly saying they don't want it. 
I just don't want it. Because it reduces you, or more specifically, he doesn't fancy it. Yeah, yeah. Him specifically, like you Uh, in goal. Often goalies will get that. Yeah, Yeah. he doesn't fancy it. Anyone under five foot ten. He can't kick boys. Yeah, he doesn't fancy it. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they've spotted it. And the sort of humiliation of maybe a centre back dropping back to take the goal kick. (laughs) Well, it's amazing now. It's like, because at Sunday League, we have the same rule of like, you can pass it to someone in the box, which has really changed that dynamic a bit. So it's like a bit more acceptable to pass it than he can hoof it but at least it's not like quite the same thing as getting a a defender to take goal kicks which is like the ultimate embarrassment I I also like um, just weird little quirks like um, a centre back rising for a towering clearing header and someone else will shout his name in full like well done Charlie Eccleshare (laughs) different class (laughs) Charlie Eccleshare Charlie's the only one tackling I think it's the ultimate accolade it's like the Ballon d'Or of Sunday League is having your name read out in full and there are some players who are so committed that their name they only really have their name said in full (laughs) Maybe it's because they don't all have names on the back of the shirts. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I've got to get my name out here somehow. <laughs> I mean, it's, I don't know. <laughs> For what purpose? In case anyone... A scout's watching. <laughs> guys. Gum, in case Gumtree or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to get a big money move. Um, other things like every goal kick, it feels pertinent that someone needs to issue the, the complicated tactical instruction of blue, red, yellow head on this. As if that didn't cross anybody's mind that they oh, might want to win no, the head. Gonna, oh, you want, okay, blue head on this. Okay, we were just got to get leave. blue head on this, lads, yeah. eh? Yeah. And, what, what, and what level do you think box them in becomes and it stops being an acceptable I am convinced that box them in goes all the way to the top. Really? I'm convinced that Premier League Premier players... Level. Yeah, it's, in, no, it's but, ingrained in a footballer. But, if, it, yeah. but in, at Premier League level, you're allowed to foul throw. And so that's such a big change that like you can actually get out of those type of situations. Where at amateur level, that's enforced so strictly that all you can do is hurl it forward. <laughs> so it's like you, you can get boxed in. Throw-ins down, the, throw-ins down the side of the pitch are the least enjoyable part of Sunday League because you know that there'll be a sort of 50-50 header. It'll go out for another throw-in yeah. and then you'll have that for the next sort of five minutes. That, or that was when I played Sunday League with the mighty FC Batoli. That was our entire game. You played for Batoli? Yeah. I played for Batoli. What's going on? <laughs> this Wait, is an extraordinary on air moment. League. Oh, no, this is going to be like when Charlie's phone went off and everyone's going to think it was staged. <laughs> I promise you this is not staged. Uh, I did. I played only for like two seasons. In what league is that? Cause we did maybe, we, did you play with Big Pat? No, I think oh, maybe this was post you. Must have been post me. This is incredible. The Orange generations. Kit. Orange, Orange Kit, kit of oh course. Wait, we, I'm incredible. sure we used to play against FC Batoli. What league was that in? Oh, I don't know. It was on Hackney Marshes. Yeah, 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 in the Camden League. We used yeah. to play against Maybe you are that right winger. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's, it's all the lesser known North Marsh. Oh, That's what yeah. we played. Yeah, it's we the played North, the North Marsh. Marsh. Um, this is stunning. Yeah, we played against an FC Batoli well, a while back. This is unbelievable. This is like Friends Reunited. Who do you think you are? When Danny Dyer found out he was the king or something. I. So when I was with the team, our entire strategy, we had a guy called Chris, Chris Smith, you know, a good, easy name to say in full, class, if he gets a good header on it. And he basically could throw the ball very far. Oh, yeah. And so that was all, we, we were like, he was like the Rory Delap, you know, of a sort of Pulis-esque Stoke side. I, d- I don't understand the physiology of long throws. There's, there, it does seem to be an average of one long thrower per five Sunday league teams mm. and they don't look like you wouldn't know You're that they can do it it's any it takes any sort but where, I, how I, do you I know that you can do technique. that technique like we had a guy a little guy who used to play left back and he could absolutely hurl it in but I remember what I was saying to you last week like that sinking realisation that you're up against a team with a long thrower. Mm. It's like, oh, we're going to be spending so much of this game just like trying to clear headers from long throws. And I have to say, like, obviously, it's not great football to watch, but fortunately, no one was really watching. And actually being on that team is really quite good fun. 
Like I like we had a few tall blokes and we would just sort of go up constantly for long throws. And it's really annoying for the opposition, as you've just said. And it is basically crap. But there's something but there's no, and but there's no snobbery in Sunday League football. There, well, there is no, there's no crap way to score a goal. Every every goal is basically yeah. well, yeah, we're all shit. We so. can't believe it's gone in in yeah. any way. So you just celebrate like that. For me, the shitter the better. <laughs> James Kononov writes in. He says we signed someone in his fifties who we think played for Benfica a few times. <laughs> that's great. I think that's got every element you want. Um, uh, my previous Sunday League team, Atletico Angels. My brother once uh, signed a guy who claimed to be Neymar's cousin. A Brazilian winger named Jarrell, who who turned up turned up with an electronic tag on his ankle and it had to be back for curfew. This is like the Ali Dye story. This yeah. is incredible. Yeah, he, yeah. Um, we also signed Luis Ponce, a five foot two inch Ecuadorian goalkeeper. And uh, my five aside game was once completed by an Ivorian who claimed he once played in Serie D. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that Serie D existed. I I think he was a, amazing. Absolutely. As you can imagine. Lie, that's quite a realistic Yeah. One. In Sunday League, I think there's an assumption that anyone foreign is probably good. <laughs> it's a real exoticism. <laughs> it's it? like the Premier League in the sort of mid 90s. Yeah. You know, anyone foreign. Yeah, they'll be all right. Um, we, we we had a guy um, who this was a while back, but he claimed to have played for like Brazil's under 11s or something. So I should say he was awful. And then there was an American guy who came in, uh, and he again that class thing of like he claimed he was really really good, and he was like, guys, I played at college with Jonathan Spector, <laughs> and we we're like, okay, cool. And he was, I think, he was sensible, but he was like really small. And we we're like, you know, it's a bit of his own. He's like, yeah, but guys, I can jump this high. Oh my god, and raising his hand. Hate him already. Yeah, and he was shit. Last uh, amount of game. Could he jump that high? Then? Not very high. Oh, uh, uh, a special word too to Alvidas, um, our li- one-time Lithuanian goalkeeper, who drank a 700 milliliter bottle of WKD on a Sunday morning. Wow! And bit perfectly lucid. Um, but he, he, the only words he could speak in English were "It's okay" and "Yes." <laughs> And that's all you need as a goalkeeper. He was really good. I mean, he, he was the most... Because goalkeeping is such a hard spot to fill in Sunday League. There are, oh as God, you yeah. get older, there are so few willing goalkeepers who are dedicated to the art, like own a pair of gloves. Mm. And, um, and, and so you get any sorts in goal. And uh, so we were happy to have him, WKD aside. I seem to remember when I played Sunday League, a lot of the goalies, and I'm not, I don't mean to be unkind, but they were often... That some of the most impressive athletic ones it were surprisingly large guys. They had that sort yeah, of yeah, Paddy yeah, yeah. Kenny surprise <laughs> athleticism. Uh, yeah, yeah, Neville we, Southall type. I put it to you that there is no worse place in known universe than the depths of a Sunday League team's kit bag. <laughs> <laughs> what Name some of that the things, smell, things I mean, that you are guaranteed to find in a kit bag. A single shin pad. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to talk about shin pads in a second. Remnants of a first aid kit. Yeah, yeah, like really bad first aid kits. Like, what, what are you going to heal or or <laughs> treat or tend to with that nineteen seventies kit? Shin pad tape. Tape. Tape is huge. Tape is the gold Tape's dust massive. of Sunday League. Has that's anyone what got the pros tape? Do, isn't it? Yeah, and also they can help put goals up, so they kind of serve a dual purpose. Putting the nets up. Putting the nets up. Basically, the tall guy has to do it with someone on their shoulders and maybe a sub, and then one of just the nicer people on the yeah. team who are happy to help, everyone else trudging back. Do you know what you should do? If you want to uh, do something, but you don't do a goal net, put the corner flags in, because then you've like you've done Great something, shout. and whoever does that will absolutely milk it so they can get out of net duty. They'll just <laughs> yeah. do like this really elongated lap. Have you ever washed your shin pads? Do you know what? No. I saw this on the running order, and I... So 
I played five a side with it. And I was this close to not coming in. <laughs> recently for the first time. And I my shin pads stank so much pre-game that when I got them out in the dressing room, I was I felt physically ill. <laughs> so between playing for the first and second time in the Athletic Weekly game, I did wash my shin pads for I believe. Really? Oh, I guess like maybe resetting. the first time. That's, that's wow. terrible. I had to. I had. That's like I, honestly, turning I was back like, something to factory settings. Well, listen. In an ordinary scenario, I would have stuck with it, but I was like, I could lose my job. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they stank. So yeah, I've, I washed. Them. I've never thought to wash them. I've never even thought to smell them. I just think that there's something that sort of it feels wrong to put yeah. them in a washing machine because they're very sort of solid. You know, it doesn't feel right. You don't yeah. do that. Yeah, it's like putting trainers in. So yeah, like, oh, like a cat. You don't do it. Yeah, but also that's a really rare situation in which it's sort of sport meeting sort of work, isn't it? Because normally there's a kind of a badge of honour to have it. You know, normally uh, I'd just be happy to be the stinky guy. Exactly. It wouldn't be an issue. Uh, yeah, exactly. Every everyone has an awful smelling football kit. I think on that note, it's it's uh, it's time to ask if anyone does have any tape and uh, and wrap this one up. Thank you both for joining us on Football Clichés this week. It's been illuminating. Um, it's almost made me want to take up Sunday League once more. But I Get back in. Honestly, you won't regret it. It's so worth it. It's just... <sighs> I can tell you what. But we're playing with FC Bertoli. We once got to a cup final and you tried telling us. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't matter. Thanks very much, guys. Cheers, Charlie. Thank you, James. Solid debut. Thank you very much. <laughs> I enjoyed it. First week's always good, as you say. All our podcasts are completely free and ad-free versions are available to subscribers. You can sign up and get a 40% discount now by using the promo code CLICHESPOD. Thanks, and we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>